0: the round table, A podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie.
1: I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy.
0: And on this episode, we've gotten to what is probably the most polarizing episode of Star Wars. The holiday special?
2: No? No, Unfortunately, no. not the holiday special, <laughs> but... <laughs> I take last... the end yeah. off that. <laughs> 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 2017 the last jedi um yeah this movie come out to much love much anticipation after the uh the the warm welcome we had for the force awakens to really divide fandom
0: and it was very divisive i remember having arguments um Everywhere with every Star Wars fan I knew. like Somebody had some kind of problem with this movie. There were things they liked, things they didn't like. And I had one buddy especially who was really angry. And I'm not going to say his name because I think you might listen to the podcast. But he was really angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's really funny because, I mean,
1: people want to talk about the prequels and how Star Wars fans were split over the prequels. And, and even though there was some of that, it's like, this is the movie that broke Star Wars fandom. I mean, <laughs> this just completely snapped it down the middle. And I don't know, you know, why that, that shift happened so rapidly. And we've talked about how it even affected Solo. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, just like you said, Sam, uh, even, you know, fans who are completely anti-Star Wars uh, during the prequels, you know, really, this movie shut down a lot of people really uh you know put a put a hard line in the sand you could say um you know this movie to me i, I was disabused of star wars with the clone wars movie when anakin had a padawan you know there's all this odds and ends going on and i had to break my mind and say okay it's entertainment it's a movie george lucas is going to do what george lucas is going to do well this isn't even george lucas i um, mean you know this is uh, a. <clears throat> uh, Apparently, a story outline overview set forth by J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kasdan, Ryan Johnson come in and kind of wrote his own story, uh, I think, uh, which really could have been a very, very, even with what we have, a very interesting story. Now, in preparation for this, I listened to the audio book, the, the novelization, The Last Jedi, this movie could have been much worse. If that <laughs> audiobook is any indication, uh, it really could have been a lot worse.
1: You know what I find really funny, though? If I looked at this correctly, despite all of the backlash with this movie, I think Rotten Tomatoes still has it sitting at 91%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I went and looked at that. Yeah, I was surprised.
1: I was just that. interested to see where it was sitting. 91%.
2: Well, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about going through on tomatoes and checking out, but now there is a lot of Star Wars gold here. There's a lot of uh, you know philo- philosophical things. There's a lot of judgment on you know free will, on the choices we make, on uh, on you know just the nature of the Force, uh, what it means, you know, as far as a bloodline or as far as you know just a, an individual person dealing with it and how it can grow in each one. It really opens a lot of those those questions
0: and I, I thought too that it was a pretty emotionally deep movie like mm-hmm. um like the, the things that, that Kylo Ren was dealing with like we dug into that a lot more and you know how right like not just like the details of her life but how how that affects her emotionally and how it makes her think and feel you know I just we dug into a lot of, a lot of that more deeply than we had before
3: yeah,
2: yeah. and you know we lost our uh, our princess just before the movie was released uh, you know, filming and everything was, was complete. And, you know, so we had that going into it, you know, in which, uh, you know, Billy Lord playing uh, Lieutenant, I think, conics uh, she's a, a, the, on the bridge, she's a blonde hair. She's kind of got it pulled up in little, in little buns hanging off yeah. to the side. Uh, she is, you know, or uh, Carrie Fisher's, you know, real life daughter and to see them interacting and to see her in this movie, you know, not knowing what was coming, not knowing the loss there, you know, it is still his emotional.
0: All right, guys, let's do some grades. Uh, Sammy,
1: you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start us out. Um, I think as far as grade, I do have to go B on this. And when I look back at, you know, Force Awakens and kind of the, the way my grades have went, um, you know, this is one of those movies. If I look at it as a movie on its own then it's okay. But when I put it into the greater Star Wars universe and the story that was set up in Force Awakens, that's where it starts falling apart for me. So i definitely go B on this.
0: All right. All right, Dwayne, you've already told us what your score is. Why don't you tell us why you picked it for this one?
2: Okay, well, um, A. this is still an A movie for me, even <laughs> though it's very controversial. Um, you know, it just, just because it's Star Wars but really we do get luke skywalker back not necessarily luke a lot of us wanted a lot of us thought but we do have a luke who is dealing with some emotionally heavy things we do have a luke who is you know trying to figure his place in the galaxy make an impact you know whatever uh, there's you know spaceships <laughs> not <laughs> so not the uh, not the super fast necessarily <laughs> um zoomy spaceships that i like but you know, there are a lot of spaceships and you know there's a lot of reset i think of you know bringing the force away from a familial uh, connection or you have to be this elite you know in a certain group to be a member of the force user or jedi whatever it, it kind of opens it back up to the every man which i think is what lucas thought with the original uh, trilogy he started to establish there. I think he just got a little bit out of hand with the
0: prequels. Well, I'm sitting we kind of moved in between you guys. I'm at a B plus and there are aspects of this movie that I love. Um, I think I said on our return of the jet episode that like the throne room stuff, the stuff between Luke and Vader and the emperor were the peak of star Wars. Um, I think there are parts of this movie that are so good. They're in the ballpark with, with the, with those moments. Mm-hmm. um But I think some of the most flawed moments. I mean, there's no, there's no Jar Jar banks in this thing, um no Ewoks either. um But there are some of the worst things in Star Wars in this movie. It is just deeply flawed. So I'm gonna sit it at a, at a B plus. I really like it, but man, <laughs> it's, got its, it's got its problems. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
2: This is true. I know you mentioned Jar Jar uh, there being a polarizing character from the prequels. We had a very, another very polarizing character in this movie in rose, uh, one of the new characters uh, introduced. And you, know, you have people who love her. You have people who hate her. Um, I think she filled a role. I don't think that that role was necessarily Kelly Marie Tran's fault as an actress. I just think that she was given the wrong stuff to do. Spoilers. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so let's go ahead and take our break. And get into the pan and fan section coming up next. What do you think, Jamie? Let's do
3: it.
1: Hi, I'm Alton. Hello. I'm here to get my dad more listeners so we can get sponsors faster. So this is more funny, so more listeners.
0: And welcome back. And it's time for our world. Dwayne keeps saying world famous. I see the download numbers. I think maybe soon to be world famous might be yeah. more. <laughs> All right, but we're going to start with, our, with our, our fan items. So, Dwayne, what's your first fan?
2: My first fan is mm, – my first fan. Gosh, there's so much good to pick from here. I gave you and the privilege of going first. You, you did give me the privilege of going first. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that, but well, I really wasn't prepared. Um, I'm going to go into Luke's when he finally decides to teach Ray when he finally decides to break down the nature of the force to her and says, you know, what's the force to you? And she said, well, you know, you control people and lift rocks. He says, everything you said was wrong. It's wrong. (laughs) But what does she wind up doing later in the movie? She winds up controlling Kylo Ren and picking up rocks, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to to get them out, you know. So everything, his perception is wrong also, you know. So those, both views are there. And and that is a really great thing, you know. When he said no, reach out, she sticks her hand out, and he's like, really, (laughs) and you know, tickles it with the ring and (laughs) slaps it. Oh, oh, you you mean like, you know? And that's just so cute. I love Daisy Ridley's innocence and, uh, you know, trying to really understand what we would think of as a myth, you know, trying to grasp, you know, something that has always been elusive, what now she can attain. This. That's probably my most favorite, well, one of my favorite fans of this
0: movie. I, I think in those scenes, especially, like something about Daisy Ridley brings out the best face acting of Mark Hamill's career.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's great.
1: You know, uh, and, yeah. and, it's, and it's that scene, though, that, that made me kind of raise questions, even about A New Hope. Did yeah. anyone shut himself off from the Force on Tatooine? Yeah, mm. hmm. you know if, if they you know once luke came, almost like came back online they found him pretty easy so that should have happened with obi-wan also unless he shut himself off so to me that that scene especially is as as ray is feeling the force and stuff definitely to me even makes me question about obi-wan so i thought that was pretty cool too
2: yeah, that's one thing that's gotten into the novelizations with other things is Jedi kind of withdrawing into themselves to kind of shield their Force presence or even, like I said, shutting down. One, one interesting theory about them not being able to find Obi-Wan, and then we'll move on here, is that he hid out in a place where Vader was reluctant to look, you know, a place of pain where his mother had died, where he was pulled from as a child, where he was enslaved. You know? So Obi-Wan goes here to hide, you know, Kind of like, yep, he's not going to be a big fan of going back here.
0: <laughs> that is an epic recon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy, you want to go next with your next fan? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh,
1: you know, I think one of my, the the things that I really love, and, and I love any time they start building history. You know, I love the culture and the history of the Jedi. And the fact that you've got Ahch-To, which is the the supposedly the first Jedi temple, we have the early Jedi texts, uh, that we even have what is considered the Jedi Prime in the mosaic, in mm-hmm. the pool, uh, all of those just little things. And and once again, I know these are are not, you know, the the canon that that I grew up on, but the fact that they're still starting to work that in again i was a big fan of that i liked that
0: that picture should should have looked more like keanu though (laughs) (laughs) you
2: should have yeah yeah it was great to to lay that history down there it truly was so james
0: yeah for my first i'm gonna go with the relationship between ray and kylo um I, i just love the the the, for, the Force Time moments, especially. Uh, I just love the way they slowly connected and uh, that they, they both felt kind of alone in different ways. And they were both so, like, struggling with their background. There was this conflict within them both. And the way that came out and the way they interacted um, mm-hmm. was just really, kind of, like, thought provoking and really emotionally powerful. Although I do have to ding it a little bit in that uh, Ray seemed to get over that whole killing Han Solo thing pretty quickly. Um that that made me scratch my head a little bit, but that but that whole relationship, I mean culminating in the in the throne room battle scene, I mean that was just a really powerful relationship. And both and probably the two best actors in the movie just, you know, really acted their you know faces off. It was great. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, they they truly did. The relationship between Ray and Kylo has been a highlight. Of the sequel trilogy so far, and I can't wait to see where they take it in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but yeah, they both have acted their, like you said, acted their faces off. They have acted their self really in in a place that I think has elevated
0: Star Wars. Yeah, but I just but I love how like they thought they had found someone, uh, and maybe not maybe not romantically, but they had found somebody who understood them each, you know, but like, they had found each other, and. So in that throne room scene, it was they, they both thought like this is this big coming together. And then at the end, when they can't come together, it yeah. makes that even more like painful because they thought they had finally found another person who understood them, who was like them. Right. And, and then at the moment when it should have mattered the most, they didn't have that after all. It just was a really powerful moment.
2: Well, that truly tells you each of their perceptions and what their core values are. Because when they had the moment when they touched hands and they each, quote unquote, saw each other's future, you know, they're really talking about the same things. You know, they you know, he stands with her. They stand together. You know, he took down Snoke, you know, which was what she was thinking of him turning to the dark side. You know, she's fighting the Praetorian guards with him, which he is thinking of her joining as an ally with him, it it really shows how each of their perceptions are so skewed extremely to the dark, extremely to the, to the light, you know, having that hope.
1: Yeah. When they were touching hands, I think time of our life should have started playing, you know, no, nobody bits right in a corner. So, no.
0: (laughs) That's the music they should have played in that battle scene. I'm telling you. <sighs> oh, yeah. yeah. Luke should have come out of the shadows uh, singing that.
2: <laughs> Someone yeah. needs to make an edit. Oh the yeah, battle scene. There we go. With with the time of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's glorious, Sam. That is incredible. Really <laughs> cool.
0: All right, let's get this train back on the tracks. Okay, uh, sorry. Dwayne, do you have another fan? <laughs>
2: I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing Kylo standing in the middle of the battle, lifting
0: Ray over his head. We got, he's wow. got hair for it. He can pull off. His- <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's got the swazi hair. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, another fan uh, of mine. Um, <clears throat> oh wow. I, I like the introduction of the bombers. Uh, going to spaceships, as, as I'm a fan of, want to do, I really enjoyed the introduction of the bombers as, as a concept. The, the battle at the beginning, it started kind of shaky with the, with the you know, your mom joke, you know, and the, and the <laughs> I'm on hold dialogue, you know, it was kind of weird. Um, you know, Poe playing the video game, you know, take out the Death Star, you know, on his dreadnought. Yeah. But the I, th- I think the bombers were really neat design it was a really neat concept for ships
1: and you know those were almost like a really bulked up version of the original B-Wings
3: mm-hmm.
1: so um, you know they, they definitely made me think you know kind of tying back to history you know kind of the, the Enola Gay and the, the, the what the Boeing B-29 Super Fortress bombers yep. in World War II you know that, that's kind of what that gave me a feel you know, yep. for those types of things. Those large yeah. kind of bomber based planes.
2: Yeah, just a slow lumbering thing with all the little whip and bubbles around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even the even the way Paige was dressed. Yeah. Kinda had that World War Two Bombardier kind of yeah. like look to mm-hmm. her, yeah. Yep. Although I don't understand why they had to move so slowly
2: yeah that was uh, that was a thing uh, and, uh,
0: it looked cool and it made for a, a lot of drama that, that's what it I was it was building tension
3: yeah.
2: yeah yeah that's yeah that's all it was uh, that's what uh, I've heard a sci- sci-fi writer say you know how long does it take to get from you know Dagobah to, to Hoth or whatever you know <laughs> and it's well, you know, as long as it, as long as it needs to take for the script to go through yeah. you know
0: as long as it needs <laughs> there it you travel to travel the plot
3: yeah <laughs>
2: I think I think that's pretty much what those were, you know, because you're in space. The bombs are explained, and they and they don't explain it in in the movie, but of course in the book they did. The bombs were magnetic, and so when they were dropped, they were dropped toward the big metal ship. Um, uh, you know, they were kind of ejected there, just kind of rolled down. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, the the speed was kind of a weird thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a it really made it re- for a really awesome dramatic, you know, moment. I mean, it really heightened that. I, 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 I feel like the second when third watches, I was scratching my head going, so why exactly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sammy, what's your name? Okay. Um,
1: despite the fact that, that Canto bot was almost like the Jabba's palace special edition portion of this. <laughs> um, it just didn't make sense. And ne- wasn't even necessary. Uh, the part I did like about that is there were, and just this movie in general, there are so many little cameos of actors and classic Star Wars actors that come back even for just a few moments. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved that attention to detail. You know, Tim Rose was back playing Admiral Ackbar. Uh, Mike Quinn was black, back playing me numb. Uh, Warwick Davis was one of the creatures at Canto Bight. Um, even Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, who has nothing to do with Star Wars, but just the fact that they, they got him in there, um, he was the the character Slow and Low, which I love that name completely. Uh, so, and then even Mark Hamill was the voice of the little creature that was putting the coins in BB-8. Uh, so just these little you know little nods and little kind of character just ideas. I just really thought that was cool.
2: Yeah, and the codebreaker with the red plum bloom, he was somebody kind of famous, wasn't he?
0: hmm He looked yeah. familiar, but I couldn't place him.
2: If only there were a way to find out.
0: Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't <wonder>. um, <clears throat> do.
2: But no, can't talk about, you know, it really was a, a great design. It, it was a, a, a neat concept. But I think the way that it was used was not to to the fullest. Right. But yeah, you had that, now you said the. The the character's name that Joseph Gordon Levitt played. Uh, yeah, he's the guy who identifies Ray and Finn as the Speeder Parkers, you know.
1: Yeah, he, he <laughs> complained about them parking their ship on the beach and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but like I said, I love the fact his name is Slow and Low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's probably a rough childhood if you get, get that nickname. Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Um, and this is gonna be a weird one. I know it's not the fan consensus but i love luke in this movie um and i know it's not he didn't have the story like outcome that we expected after the end of return of the jedi um we all envisioned luke as this hero this legend and uh, this n- founder of a new jedi order um but that's not always how life works yeah. um and it felt very real to me there um and 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 in ways that are personal to me i mean there are people who start off in a a path of life and start off very idealistic. And, you know, life's complicated, you know, (laughs) stuff happens. And maybe not, maybe, you know, not always as desperately terrible as what happened with Luke, but, you know, (laughs) life throws us all curve balls and, and sometimes we end up on paths we don't expect. that's what happened with Luke. And so I, I mean, I kind of, you know, understood You know, and I kind of empathize with him and to see everything that he cared so much about and that it meant so much to him fall apart Mm -hmm. largely because of his own personal weaknesses and failures to see. And I could see that would embitter a guy, you know, and why he would withdraw so that he never makes those mistakes again and hurts people the same way and fails the people he cares so much about again. Um, It's not what we wanted, but it's a really interesting story. Um, And I think if um, maybe this is just, you know, being old, and having life, you know, kick us around a little bit, but, you know, it's a story that I think resonates with a lot of people. And, well, If we can get over his name being Luke Skywalker, not being the hero of the story. But Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's really true. Uh, <clears throat> I did uh, appreciate the, the weight that they had given Luke there. The, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he really took some licks, and you see that his life wasn't perfect. He wasn't you know, he had tried to maintain being the Boy Scout, but he just wasn't able to to cope.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't just that. I mean, he loved being a Jedi. I mean, he mm-hmm. was. I mean, and it was the defining you know thing of his life. And then when it blew up in his face, he didn't have the personal resources to cope with it. I mean, he didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to deal with it. And it, and his own failures just crushed him. Yeah. And he just instead of rebuilding, he hid. And there's a lot of people who do that.
1: Well, you know, and I think there's that added pressure of, you know, he talks about the legend, the, the guy, you know, that when Ray's discussing that saved Darth Vader, you know, but he saved Vader, but lost his own nephew, Yeah. you know? And I think that that is a kind of a powerful kind of thought there. And and that could definitely turn him down a path.
2: Did you feel that Ray did not know that Vader was a relation to Luke?
0: i didn't pick up on that i didn't think about that
2: <clears throat> it's I, I don't know if it's a it really explained in the uh in the movie but in the book it's kind of touched on and she doesn't really say you know vader was no one to you but you know she references him saving vader and you can kind of tell that she's like okay you just you know cured the most evil person of in the galaxy you know from you know his fate you know why can't you do good for your nephew you know, <clears throat> it's really neat. Uh, it's really neat the way that uh, that legend is portrayed. You know, and another thing that he, you know, makes fun of Ray kind of jabs at her. So, you know, what am I going to do? Go face down the entire First Order with a lot with a laser sword. And what does he do? <clears throat> he goes and faces down the entire First Order with a laser sword. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that I, is... I- uh, one of sorry. my one of my last sorry about that one of my last fans is you know just about I'd say probably ninety eight percent of what happens on Crate, I love.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that laser sword thing was kind of a subtle jab at Lucas too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just felt like there was a little bit of snark on that, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: But uh, I love the, you know, like I said, about 98% of what happens on Crate, from just the design, you have this salt-covered planet, which is a red mineral underneath, Mm -hmm. looks like snow. You have these, uh, these foxes that are covered with crystal, you know, uh, and uh, it's just really, really neat, really, really neat environment.
1: You know, you were talking about, is it common knowledge that Vader was Luke's father? You know, it's probably not something when you're trying to start up your own school to go, hey, come and learn from <laughs> me.
0: My father killed, you know, 30% of the galaxy. You know, <laughs> very nice something you lead with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, hey, you're my students. My dad killed a whole bunch of his students.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, it's probably not in the brochure.
0: Yeah, I, I probably would, wouldn't have that at the top. Darth is
1: my father. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: right.
2: probably that's probably not on the first two pages of the brochure anyway.
1: No, no, that that that's in like the the fine print.
3: <laughs>
2: in right. it, it, this school thing. may
1: cause. Uh, I've got one more just to throw out. Uh, I love the creative choice of Yoda, the CGI puppet, you know, (laughs) they still went CGI, but they modeled the CGI on the puppet, you know, more than, you know, what we saw in the prequels. And I just thought that was kind of cool. I liked that. (laughs) Can,
0: Can we just, can we not do the puppet anymore? 'Cause I thought I, I think it looks better than the pure CGI Yoda. But I still like Empire Yoda. You know, I I think that Yoda's never been better than an Empire.
2: Yeah, Yoda's never been better than the Empire, but now that puppet has almost completely disintegrated. Yeah. Um and the episode one, what a lot of people don't realize, episode one was a puppet. Episode one was not CGI. Yeah, it was either. a puppet. It was a puppet. Oh. Episode two was CGI
3: Yoda. Cause
2: episode see, that- three was CGI, but episode one was a puppet. And as a Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio lovingly refers to that puppet as the Catchers Mitt with eyes. <laughs> 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 well,
1: well, didn't they? Convince- yeah, it doesn't look good. Yeah, didn't they convince Lucas to uh, go CGI with that hip hop Yoda? Have you uh, yeah. Heard from that? I thought that that was their way of convincing Lucas they could do yeah. a CG Yoda.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'd done kind of a little video of, of a CGI Yoda rapping and carrying on.
1: Well, and while my clone troopers are in the back, like bobbing their heads. And, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now that's one neat thing is all of the clones, all of the clones are CGI. There's not one yeah. clone. See,
1: that was an Easter egg on one of the first dvd releases of i keep wanting to say revenge of the sith and if you clicked in thx 1138 it took you to that video it unlocked that video
2: Mm-hmm. yeah there was a little code you could push in yoda. yeah
1: back when easter eggs were a big thing so
2: <laughs> yep I, I did enjoy though the uh, interaction with luke and yoda in that Yoda wound up being the one destroying the uh, the the tree, which housed the the texts and kind of the core of the Jedi. There, I, I enjoyed that Yoda was the one who done that. Luke still was holding on to the past. Luke was still holding on to tradition. Yoda was like, yeah, forget this. Boom, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although Yoda did already know that uh ray had stuffed those books in a footlocker on the fa- falcon
2: yeah well, like, well that's exactly what he tells luke without telling him he's yeah like, ev- ev- everything she needs she already has
3: you know
0: yeah my family's is empty you got anything else dwayne
2: i think i'm good
0: i'm good all right pans. yeah Guys, this movie has we, some we, we've some all very... yeah yeah, we've talked about this movie's flawed. Uh, there's plenty to choose from here. Uh, Dwayne, you got to go first on fan. I'll make you go last. Uh, Sammy, you, what's your first pan?
1: You know, I think my first pan is, you know, like I said when I was doing my grades. As a movie, it it stands okay, but when you look at it in terms of story, and I think the biggest thing that that they do, it's almost like they forget who some of these characters were that they established in Force Awakens. I think that we lost Poe. He became more Top Gun than Resistance hero, uh, and I think they pushed that over the top. They lost Finn's heroic arc and almost took him back to the uh, "I'm out of here, uh, I'm gonna leave" because I'm, I'm not gonna be in the middle when they start shooting us up. You know, it's almost like we lost those those elements, especially with those two characters. I think.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people acting out of character in this movie. Yeah, um, I think Poe most notably. I, I think, well, that's I, I will just go to my my first pan because it, it goes right into that. I think the, the Canto Bight storyline is dumb, um, and I think it exists purely to find something for Finn to do. Because um, I felt like if you if you take out the Canto Bight storyline, just completely edit it out of this movie, you're missing nothing. Nothing. Right. Um, because, I mean, it's a whole gigantic waste of time and they don't, I mean, they don't accomplish anything. I mean, what they set out to do, they didn't do. It ended up not mattering. And it just made things worse for the resistance. Actually, the only thing they accomplished was to complicate things. Mm -hmm. But, but to make that storyline happen, they had to have Poe be more reckless and they had to have Poe be more mutinous and they had to have Poe be, um, more of a jerk. And more disrespectful of his, you know, superiors, all this kind of stuff. It just made it force Poe way out of character, especially to make this little storyline. Now, I like Rose. I like Rose a bunch. I was thrilled to see her in the previews for Episode Nine. Um, I think she's a great character. Um, the, that actress had nothing to do with whether her storyline was good or not. I think she did a great job as a, a fun character. But the Canto Bight storyline um, just feels like a huge waste of time. And just useless, right? You can't oh, see, was, you guys. Oh, he's he's rubbing, he's rubbing his beard <laughs> thoughtfully, like he's, he's about to tear into something.
2: I thought I was going to last, but yeah, I'm going to jump on to the whole Kanto bot thing and even expand it to their adventures with DJ, um, even onto the uh, you know battleship uh, when they were supposed to go into the room and uh, turn off the flux capacitor. <laughs> Which is exactly what that uh, master breaker looked like. <laughs> On there was a was You're a No, no, not at all.
1: Well, but, w- yeah. once that uh, starter story got up to 88 miles per hour,
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> how they're tracking them. That's <laughs> what it was.
2: They, they might have could have caught up with the uh, with the resistance flagship there if they had gone up to 88 miles an hour. But anyway... <laughs> anyway yeah that whole sequence there i mean and you have a character like benicio del toro and you give him this mess of a character i mean now benicio del toro can play some mess of characters and make them great he can play some really quirky things he can play some really deep things but man this code breaker was just not knowing where he was i don't think in the thing i don't think they knew how to use him i don't think they knew how to use rose and finn through this whole pointless quest and just like you said which had no bearing on anything that was one of the weakest parts of this movie the whole little side quest to find this guy to get this thing to do this something that really didn't matter a hill of beans to the story it didn't further our characters we had no massive gradient sites. Don't join. DJ means don't join. I don't know if you guys were familiar with that theory or whatever, but that apparently if you um, decipher the arrow on his hat, that's what it says. Don't join. Uh, But I mean, it's just was pointless. You
1: know, and in terms but pointless. Yeah. And in terms of even character choices, you know, dj's character with that with the stutter i found it very distracting and and i don't know you know i I get the idea that they're trying to vary characters and things along those lines but but it just pulled me out of everything that he was saying
0: because that's not a natural stutter no no
2: no and it would yeah it would happen intermittently it almost made me think like when he would like you know put the metal in to you know short out or or jump circuits or whatever he was getting a shock and he was kind of shorting yeah. out from time to time you know <laughs> <laughs> it was like his it was like sammy a little bit earlier his scalp was skipping
1: yeah there
0: you go
1: like the one time so
0: but it, it kind of felt like though that ryan johnson finished his draft of the movie and was like oh shoot finn's a character I got to find something for him to do. Like It was like he forgot Finn was in the cast, you know? Yeah. Uh, but also, I felt like there was a real, some clumsy politics there. It felt like this was made during the Bush era, and they were trying to say something about the military-industrial complex. Like, the only yeah. way you get people ridiculously wealthy are for them to be involved in, in war. I'm like, I'm Jeff Bezos, not not famous as a war profiteer. You know, Steve Jobs, you know? <laughs> not really what he's known for, you know? It's right. like, i Yeah, it felt like there's some some politics sneaking in there, and it felt like like a throwback too. Mm -hmm. It was just strange.
2: It really did. It really did.
0: All right. Uh Oh, Sammy's looking sly. What's your next? Okay.
1: So, so you know, Jamie was talking about Luke Skywalker, right? And you know, I will always love Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. I will. But I think, you know, and, and the beyond, we get to see kind of the aftermath and we get these little pieces of what made him that way, you know, that, that kind of made him disgruntled. But I don't know about Luke Skywalker, Jedi prepper slash Unabomber. I thought that was a <laughs> little extreme for me. Uh, I needed the middle part to understand that, not just these little clips of almost like, he said, he said, uh, you know, because we don't, you know, who really knows what happened? You you get both sides of the story. So it's just kind of one of those things that, that I just, I wanted to see a little bit more. I wanted to see more of Luke as the teacher. Mm-hmm. And then to, to see that fall, I could accept it maybe a little bit more if I could have
0: seen that just a little bit. Was there more in the was there more in
2: the uh, novelization, going? No, hmm. no, that's no, that's one thing that was that was lacking uh, there as well. You just get the interactions uh, with him and her. Uh, you know, there's really just those two lessons. He says he's going to give her three lessons, but there's really only the two ever explicitly shown, yeah. and it was all that and it was all that got into in the in the novelization as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a stark difference. Um, my, I, I mean, like I said, I've got like you know, I, I I get it, but also it's like, it is pretty pretty dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> the shift yeah. from the way he is at the end of Return of the Jedi to this movie.
2: Yeah, one one thing I will speak to in the novelization, uh, I, I guess it could have been a lesson. Uh, now that I think about it, but it wasn't even hinted at in the movie. Was there was an instance where the um. The, the caretakers of the island. Um, <clears throat> if you notice, they're, they're all kind of female. And it looks like Luke is showing Ray a raiding party that's coming across the sea in boats. Uh, and she's like, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, what's a raiding party? And so Ray just loses her marbles, and she's like, how long has this been going on? How long have you been here? And you see this happening. He's like, yeah, they come every month and take – you know, things from the caretakers and, you know, have this interaction. And so she's thinking how awful he is for letting this injustice carry on and things. And then she takes off flying down, lightsaber blazing, getting ready to take out all of the raiders and finds out that it's like a homecoming from the males. The males stay out for almost a month at a time and then they come back with the fish you know, and <clears throat> give, so Luke was kind of toying with her, you know, with this perception of, you know, with this is, what this is, what are you going to do? This happens all the time. It's not going to make a difference. i will just come back next next month with stronger numbers, you know, and, and trying to get her perception on that. But she overreacts and, and runs down to, you know, take out and, a, a, you know, a, a welcome home party, essentially, you know, where they were having this feast. <laughs> it was it was was kind of interesting so there there was i guess kind of that third lesson that was that was kind of uh, put forth in the novel that did not make it into the movie it was kind of it would have been very difficult to to
0: portray it was already two and a half hours long right yeah um so my my next pan um is holdo um i think laura dern is a great actress um, mm-hmm. I don't think she's Great. the problem in the, I mean, her performance isn't bad in this movie. Um, it's just a useless character that kind mm. of, you know, she's kind of a clunky character too. And I think that everything that she does in this movie would have been better if it had been done by Akbar or Leia. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I just don't know why they felt they need to introduce another character. We've, we've already got a big cast. We're introducing Rose. We don't need another character, Mm-mm. and and I think the the her interactions with with Poe and Poe being rebellious, mutinous, that would have been even more powerful if that had been Leia, yeah. that he that he was disobeying, that he was disrespecting. I mean, and maybe with their personal history, maybe it won't seem so out of character for Poe. Maybe there's stuff from their past that gets dredged up that causes them that, that complicates that relationship, and it wouldn't have felt so out of left field. And ma- maybe Akbar wouldn't have had to just get killed off screen if we did Ackbar Akbar be in that role. Uh, yeah. yeah. It just I mean we just didn't need that. And in that moment where Holdo sacrifices herself, so, if that had been Leia doing that for the rebellion. Or yeah. or Akbar. And he, and finally Akbar could have finally said it's a trap and he could have been trapping the Empire. It could have been him pulling a trap for <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> and how great a scene would that have been? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that,
3: that would have turned the whole movie around. Yeah. Well, I, Jamie, I, I, I agree
2: know. with most of what you said. <laughs> I, I agree with most of what you said. Laura Dern is a great actress. Um, she normally does a great job. I don't think she did a great job in this movie. I, I'm not a fan of Holdo at all. She, you uh, got one of my pans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on okay. here with you also. She was not uh, needed. She was not useful for the plot. Her interactions with Poe just showed her to be a jerk of a commanding officer essentially i felt uh, okay. you know of course you know you don't have to explain your your decisions for command to junior officers you know but you also don't have to just be a complete jerk now the novelization did explain her reasoning for that because they were afraid of spies you know crate uh, is was a uh, was a a, a planet kind of adrift it wasn't connected to any solar system it's kind of off the charts so it's just kind of one of these shadow planets just out floating around that they knew where it was so that's why they kind of flew by there And so she had this big plan well we'll get close enough to send the transports down okay why not take this guy off and tell him in confidence you know he's one of your most senior pilots you know he's he's essentially the commander of the whole fighter squadron you know he's he's one of your of course, junior officers, but he's a commander. You'll know, take him off to the side if you're worried about spies. Don't be a jerk to him, you know. But, uh, yeah, that whole interaction was just so clunky and not cool. And like you said, it could have been so much more impactful if it had been Leia or, you know, Akbar or someone else. So even if Leia was taken out earlier, you know, if Ackbar had stepped in the role and posed just not respecting him.
0: Yeah, but if that had been Leia and she had just demoted him for his actions with the bombers that would have given her motivation. That would have been an explanation for why she's put him outside of her confidence. Now yeah. it would, it would have made more sense than just hold on being a jerk about it.
1: Well, you know, and all she really needed was a wand and a pair of wings and she could have bibbity bobbity boot everything and fixed it. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a question about,
0: about kind of tied into that. Okay. So in all of like the original trilogy, star Wars, everybody in the brilliant wore uniforms. And force awakens, Leia wearing a military style uniform mm-hmm. why are suddenly they wearing party dresses All of the female officers are wearing like elaborate gowns and everybody's in uniform i that just struck me as weird
2: yeah, I think they were trying to get back to the quote unquote princess aspect you know where where Leia had the uh, had the white robe you know the white gown right. at the, in the first movie and then the gowns on um on uh, Bespin in the uh, Empire Strikes Back. But, you know, what they don't realize is she was in character. She was in disguise. She was as an ambassador, you know, when she was captured with the white gown on. And when you see her on Hoth, she's wearing a uniform. When right. you see her riding indoor, she's in uniform. Yeah, she changes dresses, you know, when the Ewoks capture and have the big brighter hair party. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's a different thing. But I, I, I think that's part of the thing that was, that was a miss in this movie is that they didn't quite get what these characters were. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and the gowns were a, a key thing. You know, the gowns were a key thing. You know, you're, you're, you're hiding it on a planet. You don't need a gown with a cool collar to hide half your face. You know, <laughs> put on a uniform with a hat, you know?
3: <laughs>
0: there you go. It was just, it was just, every time I watch this movie, it just strikes me. as like, what? Who? What? Why are yeah, we doing I mean, this?
2: Who made this yeah, decision? They looked great. Yeah, they looked great. Oh, yeah. Beautiful looking. But when you think about it functionally and what it they're doing as a resistance, yeah, yeah, it's like the princess, you know, uh, or, the, or the queen of Naboo, you know, she has a dress for every occasion. You know, this is right. her, uh, this is her hideout gown, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, that's that's the action figure we didn't know we needed. So, Vice <laughs> Admiral Holdo in hideout gown.
0: All right, Uh, Sammy, you you got another fan.
1: You know, I mentioned before that you know I felt like we lost Finn and Poe, but you know, there's another character that they really build up that we lost completely, and that was Snoke. Um, You know, Force Awakens really started developing him as this almost quasi-emperor type of character, and I think he got a really inauspicious end and we lost characterization. We still never figured out much who that character was, you know, outside of maybe some novels that I've not read, but, um, but there's just, we lost that. I mean, there was another piece that just kind of dropped off the board and we got nothing out of it.
0: And even for like a few minutes on screen, like they make him even more interesting like the way he interacts with Hux and Kylo Ren, and then his few moments with uh, Ray make him even more interesting, and then he's gone and we'll never find those things out. Yeah, And he was
1: powerful. He was very powerful as far as Force-sensitive.
0: And was he actually a Sith? Because by the Rule of Two, the Sith should have been gone, because the Emperor was the Master, Vader was the Apprentice, the Rule of Two says that's all the Sith there are. Mm-hmm. So how do you explain him? Where does he come from? Is he actually Sith? Is he something else? Because they don't call yep. themselves Sith. None of them are called Darth. I mean, nope. what yep. are they? So I mean, there's all those questions that we'll never know.
2: Yep. Well, uh, supposedly in the uh, in the new movie coming up, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, you, you do see some Sith troopers. You do see some things with Sith attached to them, but you yes. still have the Knights of Ren are supposed to play a pretty decent sized role in here what i hear uh we're going to finally get some of these knights of rim but yeah the uh uh, you know supreme leader snoke is kind of an odd character because like you said you know we don't find out you know he he never says that he's a sith you know of course he's not a jedi what you know what is he but he's clearly a very powerful force user all right yeah, but yeah, he he did get kind of a you know, and with Kylo Ren's mask, you know, kind of early on, you know, it's a silly thing take it off, you know, and Kylo breaks it in the in the elevator, you know, and then, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, why are we doing away with all these really neat cool things, you know, and then he has to get the red super glue out to glue it back together in the new movie. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that, that 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 was actually my next pan was like Ryan Johnson and J J Abrams not getting along. Yeah, because well, there's so that, much yeah. stuff. Yeah, that, that JJ set up that Ryan Johnson just wasn't interested in fooling with. I mean, he right. didn't obviously didn't care much about Snoke. He thought the mask looked dumb. Um, you know, JJ was clearly going somewhere with with Ray's parentage, and Ryan Johnson wasn't interested in that at all. Yeah. And so just all those things that just they feel like they're just there's like they're disjointed. And now that JJ's coming back, he's gonna try to repair those things that he liked that Ryan Johnson tried to get away, you know, deal, do away with, and so. Yeah, it's just a, it's the overall for the whole you know new trilogy a whole pan for all of it like those two guys couldn't get along. Yeah,
2: so. yeah, that's that's a a, a big pan is the you know the questions that were not answered and completely shut off with Ryan Johnson. And the questions posed by Ryan Johnson that we know JJ's not going to answer you know exactly. in, in his in his upcoming uh, you know movie it's it's really sad that they couldn't have had a more cohesive um, overview of stories moving forward I know you're a director I know you're a writer and you want to do your own movie I want to I know you want to do your own thing but hey this is a Star Wars movie. You're telling this a larger than life story. You're telling this larger than you story. Um, and you know what, guy? You signed on the dotted line to be part of this. You <laughs> signed on the dotted line to make quote unquote a Star Wars movie. And you know you, you should have been made to play a little bit more in the ballpark. Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm not saying that against Ryan Johnson as a director. Uh, storyteller at all this is a very well-crafted movie Uh, it's a beautiful movie it answers a few things it poses a lot of questions it stretches us as star wars fans as to where our characters go and i think every good movie should stretch you know a person
0: yeah and 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 too my my last comment on that one before we move on to the next fan is i mean you have to know like i think i'm the most thing that tells me that they had different visions is when the force awakens ends and ray is holding that lightsaber out to luke there is no chance then tossing it over his shoulders what jj had in mind oh gosh <laughs> yeah, so, that's me. just how how different the visions are here yeah yeah
2: well, that was, you know, within the first few minutes of the movie, you know, because we have the, you know, and I guess this can be uh, one of my pans, uh, I'll brush over as we go uh, on to the, the lightsaber tossed over. You know, we have the whole instance with the, you know, Poe missing with Hugs being on hold. I mean, really, how I mean, silly. Hugs. hugs? yeah, General hugs. <laughs> hugs being on hold. I mean, how silly, the humor of this. Uh, and, and Star Wars are funny, funny movies. When they're not on a first grade level, you know.
0: <laughs> Which posted a little bit of that in the first movie, because it's like, "Oh, do I talk first? You talk first? I mean, right? Had a, little, a little bit of that, They dialed yeah. it up to eleven. But. Yeah,
2: they dialed it to eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were Spinal Tap, and this goes to eleven all the way on yeah. that one. <laughs> but you know, uh, that was uh, probably my biggest biggest thing but yeah and then you see luke the first time you see Luke, she's standing there with the separate he just takes it tosses it and everybody in the theater when i seen it were like
1: huh what you know
0: i think there were gasps in my theater
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah, you I know there the, there the sad part weird. the sad part is this is the first star wars movie we've had that starts where the last one ended mm. i mean Every movie has had periods of time from four to ten years in between them. This is the first time we have a consecutive set of movies, and that's how they want to start us out. <laughs> that right there just shows you this is going to be a departure. So. Well, you know, This is this, not going
2: to
0: go the way you think.
1: That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the only Star Wars movie to date, uh, the only numerical Star Wars movie to date that starts – after the pan from space and does not land on an imperial vessel, or or a republic vessel, um, it lands on a resistance vessel.
0: Yeah. Although they played fast and loose with that, about halfway through the movie, they stopped calling them resistance, or just, just started calling them rebels. Did y'all notice that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah they changed that back pretty quick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, okay, just pretend that never happened, guys. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any, yeah. any other pans before we start to uh, take a break and head to awards?
1: Um I'm just just one little small thing. Okay. Uh Leia Poppins really bothered me. Yeah. So I just really you know didn't didn't dig that. And and I love the idea that that they're showing Leia with Force powers, you know, but just the way that was I just wasn't a big fan of that scene at all. Yeah. and it
0: wasn't poor it wasn't well directed either i mean it yeah, just it, it looked bad, bad. yeah it yeah. was
2: not well directed um i love the meme though where you see the where you see pennywise in the gutter said you'll float too and then you <laughs> cut the layup <laughs> 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 all right let's take a break graphically novel three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week Listen as the Brothers Fugate discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel, three brothers who like each other but love comics.
0: All right, let's give out some awards, guys. Uh, Dwayne, best performance. Mark Tell Hamill. me why you chose Daisy Ridley. Mark Hamill. Really? Okay, I didn't expect that.
2: Mark Hamill, Um, he finally gets – I mean, he's always, I think, showed depth as Luke, but not this much, this emotional weight, I think, to uh, the the arc he had here where he was completely shut off, to returning back as the hero. Uh, he chews up every scene he's in. Yeah, Daisy Ridley is not a, a wrong answer at all. She's phenomenal in this movie. <laughs> but I think, but I think Mark Ham, I think this is his movie.
0: Wow, I don't, I don't think you're crazy. Um, I, I mean, clearly, I chose Daisy Ridley for the way. I, <laughs> 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 yeah, but I don't think you're crazy, I think he does a really good performance. I, I think my favorite moment too, is like a small moment when, uh, when Ray mentions the Falcon. Mm-hmm. And he just gives that where's Han thing. There's just so yep. much in that delivery in his face. I mean, yeah, he is really good in this movie, uh, but I chose Daisy Ridley clearly. Um, I think she shines here and there's, I mean, there's so much emotional stuff with her here. Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff about her parents, the way she has to react to that, the weird scene in the, uh, the dark side cave. Um, I mean, she's just shining in every scene she's in and she's just magnetic. Um, I can't, yeah take my eyeballs off of her and mm-hmm. I love that the way the way they've chosen to to film her because she's clearly a very attractive lady but they don't glamor up they don't try to overdo that they just let her be grimy when she would normally be grimy when normally like most directors and most film franchises would you know be every every between every shot be like dabbing on the makeup or, like, or having her more sexualized clothes they don't do that with her they just yeah. let her be and they let her act and she just doesn't I just think she I mean Hamill's a good choice, but I think this is Daisy Ridley's movie.
1: Okay.
2: Mm. You're not wrong.
1: No. <laughs> All right. Uh, as far as best performance, I, I'm with Dwayne, Mark Hamill. Uh, oh. You know, w- once again, you know, I wasn't, you know, didn't love the, the Luke that I got, but he was a powerful role, and he did. I mean, he, he played broken and bitter well. Mm-hmm. Uh it wasn't what I really wanted to see out of the return of of one of my childhood heroes, but as an actor and as far as what he brought to it, I just think Mark Hamill was
0: my best performance. Yep. Wow. I thought we were going to be three for three for Daisy. Really? I thought that was a clear, easy answer. So we
2: were, we were two against one Mark Hamill to Daisy.
0: I did not (laughs) expect that. All right. All right, now we've got a Dwayne special on this one, so he gets yeah. to go first again. Thank,
2: thank you very much for uh, for making my, my choices here. I actually get to choose a scene that, that does involve spaceships <laughs> and then one that doesn't involve spaceships.
0: So yeah, yeah. We've, had a, we've noticed a trend. Everything sci-fi with Dwayne ends up with him choosing a scene involving spaceships. Spaceships. That's right. And sometimes things that kind of resemble spaceships don't even have to be actual spaceships. They get <laughs> <laughs> so for this episode, be <laughs> Yeah, we've got a best scene involving spaceships and a best scene not involving spaceships. So first, let's do our spaceship award, Dwayne. Where you going?
2: Well, the best scene involving spaceship, of course, <laughs> with standing So taking out the call to General Hugs. Um, the the opening uh, space battle where where the bombers are introduced, Poe's taking out the cannons on the ship, BB-8's trying to fix the X-wing on the fly, um, and you know, you just have the whole armada there, uh, you know, gearing up to take on. Uh, that's just so much fun at the beginning. And when you open up a movie with spaceships, I'm I'm that much more in
0: love. <laughs> uh i'm i'm gonna piggyback a little bit my favorite part of that I'm, I'm gonna narrow it down and pick just one little part of that is when poe is doing his single-handed assault on the dreadnought um i just enjoyed that scene i thought the BB-8 angle was a little bit too silly um but that's that's where we were going with that scene um we were dialing that up too but just the way he was sort of heroically one one man against the entire dreadnought for those yeah. moments to take out all the Guns. I just really love that. The, the, the way they show off that he's this, you know, X Wing savant. I just, I, I love when they do that with Poe. Sammy, what do you got? Uh, ju- just to
1: call back on BB 8 there, I, I call that his little Dutch boy moment. Uh, <laughs> you know, putting his finger in the dam there. Uh, as far as my best scene involving spaceships, even though I was not a fan of Holdo, I love the scene where she sacrifices herself. And goes into light speed to destroy, you know, the the, uh, the first order ships. I just think it looked cool. It was, I think, a neat idea. It's probably not the way light speed really works, but I thought it was cool looking. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that was really neat uh, take on the, on the light speed. Uh, um, okay, best scene not involving spaceships. And again, thank you for for giving me a choice to actually uh, involve something with actors here. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll go first and say, um, um, God, there's so many, there's so many great scenes in this movie, but the most impactful one that had me just about coming out of my seat was when Luke stands down, uh, you know, the walkers and, and his interaction with Kylo Ren there on the, um, on the plane. And we find out he's a, he's a force projection. And, uh, and as, I was, as we were watching it in the theater for the first time, I was going, he's not leaving any footprints. I, I, I noticed this while we were watching it. Because I've learned with Star Wars movies, you don't always look at the two people in the center of the screen. You look around. There's a lot of stuff going on all the time. Um, even though that, that interaction there was phenomenal with their sword dance and uh, Luke never attacked. He was always dodging Kylo's attack. And I was thinking he's not leaving any footprints and you notice right away, everybody's leaving footprints and he's not. So I knew something was going on See, see, That was me
0: when when he walked in to talk to Leia, I I knew something was wrong. I I, I didn't figure out what it was. I wish I could say I was smart enough that I figured out he was a force projection, but I didn't, (laughs) but I knew something was wrong because his hair and his beard were different and his face looked different. I'm like, something's up here. I never figured out what it was.
2: Well, that's what you call the just for men, Luke. He uh, stopped by the Walgreens. <laughs> you know, I yeah. thought he stopped by the Walgreens in the barbershop on the way off of Oak uh, 2 yeah. and uh, you know, got cleaned and up. I,
0: and there. I thought the lightsaber looked wrong. I didn't realize it was the one that Ray had and he couldn't possibly have that lightsaber. I didn't mm-hmm. I knew something was wrong about it. I couldn't figure out what it was, but yeah, I, I wish I was smart enough to solve that. I could brag, but I didn't.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was all in until I noticed he wasn't making footprints. I was like, "Oh, something's up," you know. That. Yeah, I, I I noticed that. But uh, it's really neat in the novelization they did kind of touch on that because when he walks in, three PO is kind of weirded out because he sees him, but he doesn't sense him. You know, he's he sees him, but he doesn't. You know, he doesn't sense. I guess the body heat or whatever. You know, the, the, the droid sensors would pick up. And that's why Luke pauses and winks at him.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Well, um, I'm sorry,
1: Samuel, What were you gonna say? I said that's cool. I didn't. Need, I didn't pay attention to the
0: uh, the footprints and stuff like that. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, my, my best scene not involving spaceships is really simple. Um, although I did. Ex- I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop for a second. Say so I expected Dwayne to cheat there and pick this the scene with the speed skimmers and say as a cop out that they weren't spacious. <laughs> <laughs> <for> the <laughs> <laughs> but my my best thing not involving spaceship is the throne room battle. Um from the moment that the top half <laughs> of Snoke topples off that throne to just that this the battle itself, the with the Imperial Guards and the way that all goes down and the way that uh Ray and Kylo have to team up. I just, I love that whole scene. And especially the way they interact during that scene and just after it. It's just, it's, it's, for me, it's the high point of the movie. Yeah.
2: It's, it's a great scene. All
1: right. Uh, I have to agree. That was my best scene, not involving spaceships. I love that battle with uh, Ray and Kylo with the Praetorian Guard. Um, It, here comes the, the EU reference um, of course, I'm wondering, you know, what are the, you know, the weapons made out of, you know, at one point, it would have been cortosis, uh, that, which was an element that they introduced in the EU at one point. Um, I don't know what it was could being considered now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that battle was awesome. And I love the idea of even calling them Praetorian Guard instead of Royal Guard. You know, because that ties back to uh, elite units in the Roman army. And all of the Caesars had pr- th- these units, Praetorian guards, that were their guards. So it started with Augustus Caesar even. Uh, so, you know, I like that callback also
0: historically. All right. That's a good choice, Sammy. It's smart <laughs> to choose that one. Okay.
2: Jamie. You said there's a clear winner here for best quote.
0: Yeah, pre-show we had a little debate about this. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk. I thought we were going to be three for three on this one too, and I got pushback from both these guys. Uh, <laughs> best quote, I think they say that it's a quote from Leia. I don't think Leia ever actually says it in the movie, but Holdo begins to repeat the Leia quote, and then Poe finishes, finishes it and it says, Hope is like the sun. If you only believe it when you see it, You'll never make it through the night. And that one just kind of stuck with me. I like that.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good quote. And, and Leia does not say to in everybody's reference as being something that she has kind of instilled in them, you know, is to keep hope throughout. Uh, Sam, you uh, you seem to have a pretty uh, strong <laughs> thing here. Now, I'm saying that there's three best quotes, and in, in, uh, Jamie did not give one of them. So what do you have, Sam?
1: All <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't go deep okay I did not go deep on this <laughs> when I'm talking about best quote I'm talking about the one that, that really made me crack up and that's Yoda's reference to the Jedi text stage turners they are not <laughs> <laughs> that was good I cackle every time every time
2: <laughs> yep yep that's a good one Um, <clears throat> wow so none of none of the three that I were thinking about. Wow. Here, yeah, um, one one of the one of my most favorite. One of my most favorite. I'll I'll uh, not cheat here. I'll stick with the one. One of my most favorite comes from a character that is not my most favorite. Um, comes from Holdo, when she's talking to Leia and and she's you know telling Leia she's going to sacrifice herself. You know someone has to remain behind and and. and fly the ship and Leia says don't I can't take any more." and Holdo says yeah you can you taught me how you know so that's that's every time I hear that I think well you know just just how tough was Leia you know just just how much of a of a BA was our princess Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, that's I
0: agree of, that's a good quote, but I can't see Leia actually doing that. I I picture more as Leia's like, "Get your butt on that transport. I'm doing this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of those out of character moments. I thought too, but yeah, it, it is a good quote. You're not wrong. It's a good quote. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Favorite character,
2: Jamie. All
0: right. Um, I'm gonna be mispredictable on this one. I love Kylo Ren. Uh just every moment he's on screen everything he does is interesting in these movies and adam driver is just i mean acting his face off i mean it's just i mean I, we, and we and we get our ben swolo moment there makes it very uncomfortable i mean it's just the whole thing man um and he's bringing back the high-waisted pants i don't for some reason yeah.
2: uh, um I love I mean, all the memes that were happening after that. <laughs> Everybody was <laughs> doing that. And and I love that she asked him, she, said, she didn't even ask him to put on a shirt. She's like, do you have a cowl <laughs> or something? Or just, just cover your whole face.
1: I, I, I want Kylo and Khan to have a chest off. <laughs>
0: yeah, Kylo <laughs> yeah, Calorin- and mine i just I, I love the guy i just think he's fascinating i mean i don't want to hang out with him i mean but uh i don't want him definitely hanging out near my daughters but i just it's just, just a fascinating character yeah he
2: yeah he's really great sam what do you have
0: okay um my I,
1: as you can tell as i'm going through these awards you know, you can kind of get get a mindset of where I'm at right now in life in general. I'm always looking for humor, and I'm always looking for something that makes me laugh, you know. And so my favorite character has to be General Hux. I love Donald Gleeson, and in this this character, uh, and I think Jamie's called him Adolf Weasley before, and... I, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I just, he plays such a great character, and he cracks me up through the whole thing. Just his, his facial expressions, his, you know, like his Nan Annie Boo Boo when he looks at at Kylo sometimes. Yeah. I just, I love that character. He's one of my favorite characters
0: in this movie.
2: The yeah, Supreme that- Leader is dead. Long live the Supreme Leader. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But you're wrong. That's a brotherly relationship, and I can still at, at all three of me and my brothers. We're all in our thirties. I can still see one of us making that face at the other. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dwayne, who is your favorite character?
2: <clears throat> oh my, I'm I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Ray. She uh, is, you know, as much as I love Luke, you know, this Luke wasn't the Luke that I foresaw going into this uh, it was a really tough stretch now ray was a different story uh, she really grew she didn't you know accomplish everything we were hoping she would accomplish but she grew so much she had so much fun and just you tell everything on her face she is acting her tail off in this movie yeah from the, from the moment that luke tosses a lightsaber over his shoulder to you know, when she's in, in the gunner seat in the Falcon shooting down the TIE fighters, you know, I, I love this, you know, and, you know, just having a ball, you know, till she lifts the rocks from the opening, you know, using the force and coming into her own and, and seeing Finn caring for Rose and knowing that he's found a person he can latch on to. And, and just the peace she has with that. Um, her, her character is so great.
0: All right. Uh, Okay, I do a lot of uh, fantasy sports, and I prefer a snake draft. That's where you go back and forth. And so, Dwayne, you're at the end of that round. Let's do a snake draft. You can go first on thing you would most like to change.
2: Okay, thing I would most like to change. As much as I was stretched and pushed and pulled, and not sure of Luke's place here, I really thought long and hard about changing that. But for this movie, I think I would change the whole quest after the code breaker to get to the, you know, dedicated fuse for the active tracker. Finn and Rose, Canto Bot DJ interactions. That needs to change. Uh, to what? I don't know. Something else.
0: Hey, I've I've got a quick fix for you what if when the thief rolls over on the bunk it's not Benicio it's Billy D doesn't that fix the whole thing
2: yep. well that well, <laughs> Billy D would Billy D would definitely not have uh, been as crooked and sideways as DJ and he would have actually had a ship and he would have had Lobot uh, to jack into the uh, thing. so yeah that would have and you know why we, was
0: we would have rolled with it all wouldn't we Oh God. We'd have no. just rolled with Candle oh, yeah. Billy D was there. Hey, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh no, that's that's all. I mean, if it was Billy D, why wasn't it Billy D? I mean, of all the characters to bring back. You know <clears throat> when Maz is talking, you know, this guy's a poet with a blaster. He's this and he's that, and he's so amazing. <laughs> he's the best smuggler I've ever known. She's talking about Billy D. Yeah. No, it's some pasty British white guy with a rose on his jacket. <laughs> All
1: right, Sammy, what would you like to say? You know, uh, we've talked about this this version of Luke, and I've said I understand a lot of it, but I wish we would have had maybe just even a slight moment, even with Mark Hamill's, just even through, through maybe nonverbal, where he softens for a moment, with empathy for Ray because her story reflects his in so many ways. And even just for a moment to see that realization that, that there's a connection between them in terms of of their own personal story. I would have liked to have seen that.
0: Um, Can I cheat and give two and give one little one? and then, and give like the real one. My little one is, is I, I, I'd like to delete out the whole scene with the sea cows. I just need not to have seen that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree.
0: Yeah. I just, especially when he turns around with that grin on his face and with the green milk grip, I (laughs) I don't need that. Uh,
2: but my, my so my, big my, eating food of this kind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but my, my big one goes back to my pans. Um, I just need to scrub Holdo completely out of this movie and put one, an established character in that role. I would prefer Leia um, because then Leia gets, gets to go out like a real hero, that right. hero's in, like her sacrificing herself. But even Ackbar would be fine. But just scrub Holdo completely out of this movie And put somebody else in there, and then the relationships work better, the storyline works better, um, the friction makes more sense, all that kind of jazz. She's just an extraneous character that I don't need, and her function would have been better performed by somebody we already knew. So I just need Holdo gone.
2: This is true. This is true. You know, a person that might have could have played a role that Holdo played, even better maybe, would be Keanu Reeves, Jamie. So where does Keanu fit into this movie?
0: I, I I love how much better we're getting at that that transition there. I mean, <laughs> that good. Um, so um, on our Force Awakens episode, um, I know you guys expected it to be an easy one. It was not. And so I was a little nervous going into this one. And, and then uh, we had a big storm and the internet got tricky. And so I kept not having enough internet or internet at all to do the Keanu connection. So I was a little nervous to start with. And then I didn't have the internet, so we're getting closer and closer to time. We were going to have to record, and I still didn't have the time to look up where Keanu was in this thing. (laughs) So I was getting scared, but then I kept kept telling myself, we've got some new characters, right? We've got Laura Dern. We've got Benicio Del Toro. Some of these new faces, sure, I can start there. It'll be quick and easy, except none of those people have ever worked with (laughs) Keanu. (laughs) <laughs> and so I spent a long, long time digging through the cast on this one. And I didn't have to end up with, like, the fifth art director on this one. So it was a little bit better than Force <laughs> Awakens. But I did find one. So never fear, guys. I found one. And this guy's an interesting person. He's um, got an interesting IMDb page. So before I tell you the name, I'm going to give you how uh, you know IMDb does those the things they're known for, the four films they're best known for kind of deal. Here are the four films this person is best known for. It's an interesting career this guy's had. The Last Jedi, Mama Mia, The Last Samurai, and something called The Hedgehog. Uh, Togo Igawa plays a Resistance Bridge officer in The Last Jedi, but before mm. that, and most importantly, he was in 47 Ronin with Keanu. Togo Aigawa. It is an interesting list on his filmography.
2: Yeah, as I was uh, going through IMDb pretty early on with The Last Jedi, I remember seeing a picture of him. He's kind of an interesting-looking fellow uh, as well.
0: I bet you recognize his face, too, because as soon as I saw him, I'm like, I know that face. Yeah, I've I can figure him. out from where. Yeah, he's one of those, I know that guy. Right.
2: Togo Agawa from 47 oh Ronin.
0: All right. Yeah, I was counting on those new faces and it didn't pan out. (laughs) Well, at least I'm
2: the fifth art director.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The Force Awakens might have been the worst one we've had. (laughs) All right, so our next uh, uh, thing here is keeping it 100. And who's got a burning desire to do one? Anybody got one they want to let out first? I'll go go for it. Sorry if that came out awkwardly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll go for it. Okay. All right, so
0: hold on. I've, got my get, I've got mine, so I'll get I've got so i get it started real quick. Well, I forgot that the we're having some uh, t- slight technical issues and we can't see all of us can't see each other. So all right, Here you go. So
1: I am starting now. Okay, uh, so for my keep it at 100, I went with one of my other big fandoms. I've done a lot of DC, uh, so I'm gonna go with a little bit of Doctor Who. Um earlier this year, uh, the BBC finally got the, the idea that they need to release classic Doctor Who on Blu-ray, but not only by story, by story, by story, the way they've always done it. So they are releasing seasons of classic Doctor Who now. Um, and the strange thing is it's not in any particular order. So we've got two fourth Doctor seasons, one fifth Doctor, one sixth one-third, and there's a seventh on the way. But it's just so cool to see these on Blu-ray. Uh, the, you know, the screen is still the same, and it's the same ratio aspect of old television, but just the picture quality and the sound and the extras. If you are a fan of Classic Who or Doctor Who in general, should check this one out. So Classic Doctor Who, the Blu-ray collection.
0: Yeah, because when I see ancient Doctor Who, I think, man, I need to see that in Blu-ray. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> only, only
2: if, uh, only if Cindy Lou Who is in there.
1: You can see that wobble so well now. <laughs> <laughs> Those wobbly sets, you can see them great now. So I love it. <laughs>
2: That's no,
0: great. Right. Dwayne, are you
1: ready?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And Jamie, for that burning desire, uh, you can get some penicillin for that. Uh, <laughs> to
0: there's a top of the cream for that, right? <laughs> there's,
2: a, there's a cream for that. Um, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, I've got my timer set here, and I'll okay. hit it. Alrighty. righty. Uh, this past week, I finally got to watch uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And this is a fun ride, folks, if you haven't seen it. Of course it takes place after uh, end game, so we're, we're dealing with the loss of a major character here. No spoilers. Uh, but we are also introduced to Mysterio, played by, um, oh, and I forgot the guy's name. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jill- yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, uh, who does a phenomenal job. And I love where they tuck that character. And, uh, and the interaction with uh, Spider-Man and, and, and Aunt May and uh, he's actually getting along uh, not quite as good with Happy as Aunt May is but he's uh, they're getting along <laughs> there and uh, it, it was just a really fun addition to the Marvel Universe and uh, I was really glad to see where they're going afterward and to, to look at Spider-Man as possibly the new leader of the Avengers was really really something that There, so Spider-Man: Far From Home. If you haven't yet, check it out.
0: I haven't caught that one yet, but let's go jump straight into that's that's the only mc movie I haven't seen yet. Um, Let's go straight into mine. It's gonna be strangely connected. All right, Um, I'm gonna recommend a new. Oh, it's not new anymore, but it's a a still ongoing Marvel comic series called The Superior Spider-Man and so it's it's a little bit connected it's less connected than it sounds actually um so in a story a few years back dr octopus got his brain put in uh, peter parker's body and he he thought he could he could spider-man harder than peter parker could uh, and <laughs> and so but so that all got resolved because you know comics do that they you know people die and they get better it's fine and so but so Doc survived, but he created a hybrid clone of his body and Peter's body and created a whole new life for himself and moved to San Francisco. And Dwayne is talking about comic books. Um, so, but, we've, but, but he's decided he still wants to be the superior Spider-Man. And so we've got Dr. Octopus with all of his arrogance, all of his pompous way of talking, trying to be a hero. And it's just. It's. And, but it's also actually really heartwarming as this guy is learning how to be a real human and how to care about people and how to develop human relationships with people. But he's still, you know, declaiming at the drop of a hat about how much superior he is to everyone around him. how a superior intellect and all, all this kind of stuff. So just Dr. Octopus as a real hero. is He's the hero of San Francisco now. And as a nice little twist, he hires the night shift to be his helpers. And if you've read any old Marvel comics, that'll mean something to you. That was for you, Sammy.
2: <laughs> well, great. That that sounds like a very interesting uh, Doc Ock trying to be a trying to be a good guy. And Jamie, I'm not yawning because you are talking about comics. I actually <laughs> love Spider-Man. I'm I'm yawning that I've been up since five o'clock this morning.
0: <laughs> I was just so, messing with you. And
2: that's that's cool. I normally do start yawning when you guys talk about uh, comics. So <laughs> that's that's definitely in character. I can see where you uh, would say that.
1: You know what's what's really fun with that Superior Spider-Man and that Doc Ock idea is even Marvel Spider-Man, the animated show, is taking that spin right now. Um, Really, watch it, but I saw a commercial for it when I was watching uh, Star Wars Resistance, and uh, they're pulling that idea in of Doc Ock taking over his body, Pete's body. So it's
0: an interesting story. What's what's funny is like how sometimes like when they do those, those kind of storylines and things will rub off like how Rogue became not a villain because she had Captain Marvel's you know essence rub off on her, right? That that whole responsibility thing that guides Peter somehow glommed on to Doctor Octopus, mm-hmm. and so he's still he, so somehow he's inherited from Peter that the idea that he that with great power comes great responsibility thing so that just stuck to him somehow and he can't escape it, so now he's got to be a hero but he's still Doc Ock. It's great.
2: Well, that's really cool. That's really cool. But, you know, speaking about responsibility and and carrying on with something, we were talking about a Star Wars movie which originated with George Lucas. One of the things that George Lucas tried to get a hold of before he was able to, uh, you know, create Star Wars, one of the reasons he created Star Wars, he tried to get a hold of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. He even took a shot at Doom, if you guys uh, didn't know that. But our next quest is going to bring us head on with 1981-ish Flash Gordon.
1: Boom, boom, oh, boom, 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 boom,
2: boom. of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot, I cannot say Flash Gordon without thinking of the Queen song. Uh, you know, the, the, it the, is the a great soundtrack. soundtrack. Was, right. It was uh, gloriously done by Queen there. But, uh, yeah, Sam Jones starring with uh, – I think uh, Max von Sydow and uh, Topol, um uh, single-named Israeli actor. Laura Santec in
3: this
2: thing. Hans uh, Zarkovia Laura Santec is in here. So, uh, and Timothy
3: Shalton and Brian <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> Blessed.
2: Brian Blessed, a uh, great, great cast. Great, <laughs>
0: cast. great soundtrack, guys. It's got a great
3: soundtrack.
2: <laughs> So uh, Jamie is going to uh, J- <laughs> Jamie has uh, you know kind of forecasted his uh, thoughts of where he thinks this movie's going to go. But all uh,
0: oh, uh, the I soundtrack think, though, guys, it's great.
2: I, I think uh, <laughs> we're going to have an interesting discussion next next movie discussion <laughs> episode. Uh, so check out Flash Gordon uh, before then.
0: Or, got, buy the or buy the soundtrack.
2: Buy the soundtrack. I'm sure it's <except> up
3: on iTunes. <laughs>
0: Let's get out of here. Keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy.